1: Mmm, yeah. We'll be talking about podcasts. Mm-hmm. Wrestling podcasts. Let me just tell you. Uh-huh. Wrestling Geeks Alliance is number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now your host, D-Nails. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Masha Man Randy Savage. I do appreciate that so much from the bottom of my heart that you would just grace me with your ghostly presence. Anyways, hey, guys. How's it going out there? It's another wonderful episode of wrestling geeks alliance uh in which we talk about the last week in wrestling and uh of course joined by me is my wonderful co-host uh christopher brother ray patton how you doing sir
0: i'm doing wonderful man just about to drink beer and settle in to this thing that we do on wednesdays
1: you know that that that, that thing's called life that we just are a part of <laughs> All right, I'm just going to be really honest with the audience. We, me and Chris are both exhausted, and there's not a whole lot to talk about, but still, especially the Kofi-related stuff, um, we need to have an episode. So you're just going to have more of like a chill episode where we're just, you know, talking as as, as friends together at the water cooler, if you fucking will, or some shit, about wrestling. So without further ado, let's talk about Raw and SmackDown, Chris. Um Alright, the first thing is, obviously, Paul Heyman comes out, starts talking his normal thing about Brock Lesnar. Let's start right there. I'm I'm kind of myself just kind of getting sick of the same-esque thing. They don't do anything. The Spikes ended up. I love Paul Heyman. He's one of my favorite promos, but I feel like this shit especially is getting stale.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I, I mean, it's the same promo, right? But Given that they're just trying to build Seth Rollins while having him work with other people and do the Shield stuff, there's not a fuck ton more Paul can do to try to put over the match. I think that you know they they did a little bit outside of the box by having him on commentary, um, putting over kind of Bobby Lashley a couple weeks ago while talking about Brock and doing some of that stuff. Well, it wasn't Bobby; it was Shelton, I believe. That was the match. Um, So you know they're trying to do a little bit of that, but it's. It, it's the, it's a lot of the same, um, Paul. I mean, Paul does what they ask him to do, and I think he does a good job. But once again, it's the opening of Raw. Paul comes out, cuts the promo, and then that's kind of it. You know, it's
1: it's the same old, same old. Yeah, I I just kind of like tend to, like like I just said, like find it just very repetitive. And but I do have to say I love uh, the reaction of Chicago. Chicago is a very passionate wrestling town. And uh, their fans can be, uh, as Daniel Bryan would say, fickle, uh, if you will. But uh, their reaction definitely made uh, Brock Lesnar look that much more the heel. It just, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind Brock talking once in a while, because even though it's off the cuff and absolutely just fucking flabbergasting ridiculousness, it's it's kind of entertaining, Uh, you know, similar to what it was at UFC when he was supposed to fight DC after DC won, and then nothing ever happened from that. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And they, uh, I liked when they used to do the back, the uh, kind of the backstage vignettes or their pre-recorded interviews with Brock, going from Brock to, you know, to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman's carrying, you know, the majority of it, putting the match over. But then you get Brock kind of coming through and and saying, like, I'm just going to straight kick this guy's ass. Like, that style of Brock, I think, is probably better. He's not as good as you're going to give him some lines, and he's going to come out and try to do it in front of a live crowd. But I think if he's just talking off the cuff, and he knows it's coming up, and you can do a couple takes and stuff, it would probably go a long way into uh, making it a little bit more interesting. There's no reason why they can't, you know, utilize that to their advantage to do some backstage segments, uh, or even record it kind of like they did, with like I said, with some of the documentary stuff they had done previous previous manias, like if you're talking like Brock versus Undertaker, they had done a lot of that where he's talking about Brock's talking about beating you know the t- to Undertaker for the first time and, and, and going back and forth about how he's going to kick Undertaker's ass and stuff. You can go back and find some of those vignettes. They're kind of what I would hope that they would do, but it makes sense. I mean, this is also, in a way, kind of giving a little bit of light to Drew McIntyre, putting him over and, and setting up kind of a feud between Seth and what well, I'm assuming Drew and Roman down the line here headed towards Mania. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to end up being Roman's match at Mania is Roman versus Drew. But it makes sense with what they were trying to accomplish at the beginning of the show.
1: Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I think that what it comes down with Brock Lesnar, what I would believe is that the positive thing is he comes off – Kind of breaking kayfabe, if you will. The most of the time when he talks, like he acts like he makes you think. And at some points, I do actually feel this way that he really wouldn't mind whooping this guy's ass, and that this dude's wasting his time, sort of. And I think that 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 shoot style, if you will, kind of uh, lends to his his character, which is not much of a character. It seems like a reflection of himself a lot. And at the same time, I feel like sometimes when he gets on the mic, he tends to say stuff that probably you know, is not good for a television show, if you will, because he kind of goes a little bit off the mark. At least the last time, I forgot what he said, he said some type of curse word, and I was like, yeah, Vince is probably pissed off about that. And Brock's one of the only people I think, and you you can probably agree or disagree, Brock's one of the only people I think that could tell Vince to fuck off if he starts bitching at him, because Vince doesn't have anything to be able to hold against. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is Brock kind of being where he
0: is in the company and being kind of the guy, as far as the champion and, and big draw, and I would still say probably the biggest draw on Raw, uh, has a little yeah. bit of ability to do whatever the fuck he wants and say whatever the fuck he wants. Like we've seen, you know, the classic moment that everyone made such a big deal about of Brock just tossing the title at Vince. Like he has the ability to do that if he thinks he's not being treated right. Now, I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go about business, but it's Brock fucking Lesnar and. Sometimes you get that Brock, and sometimes you get, you know, Brock versus Finn Balor, and it, it, if he likes what he's doing, I think that he's going to put forth more effort for sure. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with asking him to say a few lines here and there. I, I don't want him to go, like, go do what Ronda Rousey's doing and do these fake <laughs> shoot-esque interviews because I don't think he needs to do that. But like I said, I, the, the vignette idea, the way they, they did that in the past, I, I did like that. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. There's definitely more they could be doing with him as a, a character, but at the end of the day, they don't need to. They just need Brock to show up and have a good eight, nine-minute match. And, yeah, you know, maybe Rollins walks out champ, but it, I, it, I like that they're building that card back up. You know, they're, they're building the top of the card with McIntyre being there and Roman coming back and, and Seth having this match. At least now it's feasible if Brock loses that you have, Something steady to fall back on before it was kind of like it's kind of Brock or nothing unless they're going to push Braun, you know, full tilt, which they didn't. So it's when you have that kind of clout and you're kind of just the guy, you can't do kind of whatever the fuck you want. And the fact that he's done it in the past does play into his character. So yeah, it's 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 like kind of a weird thing with Brock.
1: Yeah, I agree. And obviously after that. <clears throat> Like you said, Heyman put over Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre comes out, does the whole um you know, Mel Gibson style speech from um from Braveheart mixed with Triple H shtick that he's got going on. Um that's all I slam out of him. I actually do like his promos. I think that He I sounds know, very aggressive and he's don't <laughs> fuck with me. Not that one that one sounded different. That sounded a uh, different country altogether. Anyways, um very,
0: very Arnold Schwarzenegger of you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, don't even worry about it. Um, no, but Seth Rollins comes out and beats the shit out of Drew McIntyre. You know, much like we've been saying about with Dean, like this version of Dean's my favorite Dean, or, you know, at least mine, and Roman being this chill more, you know, I, I think this is my favorite version of Seth Rollins. I like the crazed concept. I like the anger behind it. You know, it's kind of taking to how he had that feud with Triple H a couple of years back. And honestly – kind of like the Becky stuff this 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 whole entire thing's been a little bit you know it's 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 not simmering as much as the Kofi thing like that seems like more in the fans eyes and um i i like this version of Seth it's it's he doesn't give a shit you know you mess with my friends we have a match later i'm going to take you out now i'm going to go after Brock Lesnar now with a chair and then i'm going to fuck you up later on during our match which obviously we'll get to that yeah yeah and i
0: I love that Roman came back and then they did the reunite, you know, reunited the shield and, and shields, you know, probably done. We won't see them together, at least not anytime soon. Um, But it did kind of just throw a fucking wrench into the middle of the build for Seth versus Brock, which you think would be in, in center focus. And some of that has to do with, you know, Seth was injured for what, two weeks Right, or out for two weeks and kind of not able to do very much, and Brock not always being there doesn't help. So now we're they're going to be full tilt into this until
1: Mania. So we'll see. Hopefully, do they you can get that, back in the forefront. But well, do you think that they, they did the reunion as kind of like a maybe Roman's the one who brought that up because I feel like he'd be like, Look, Dean's leaving. Seth's about to do some big things. I'm coming back. We never really got a chance to do it because people kept on getting injured in the past. Can we just have one more reunion? But I do agree that I did, at first to me, kind of uh, put a wedge in it. I think that they've recovered a lot by having Drew McIntyre as this quote-unquote shield killer, you know, taking out Roman, um, making the whole concussion-looking thing that they were going for with him, then, uh, you know, stabbing Dean Ambrose with a pencil. I don't, I don't even – that wasn't really that much. I didn't even notice that they did that until they brought it up and I looked back. But, you know, this, this evil heel, and it looks like, you know, there's a possibility Roman might lose to, to – call to Drew McIntyre, and then Seth and Drew have a feud after Mania if Brock doesn't retain the championship.
0: Yeah, I no would have no problem with that. I think that's the one caveat of the Shield coming back and the way they've booked it that I can't give them too much shit about is that they are actually building someone out of it by putting you know Drew in this position. Um, originally, I was worried that it was just going to be continuous with him and like Bobby Lashley and Barry, Baron Corbin, and they seem like they've kind of split that up, which makes me happy because you know if it's really Drew McIntyre is going to be getting wins over these Shield guys. To the point where him and Roman have to have a match at Mania, then to me, you know, that's kind of putting it in motion on where they see him on the card, in a lot of ways, and, and how they see what the fuck he should be doing going forward. And hell, he could even beat Roman. I, I don't know that fans will be super stoked about that, but fans aren't going to get everything they want on this show. Some someone is going to be no. disappointed on this Mania. This some bitch is nine hours long, and they have so many of these storylines <laughs> that are built around. Like, Kofi's never won a title. Becky's the huge fan favorite. Seth, is Brock going to destroy Seth? You know, and Roman's coming back from leukemia. You have all these moments that are like, do we make the fans happy, or do we totally pull the rug out from under them? And I think maybe the rug out from under them might be Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins. Because I think it's the one that you can get, the, get away with the easiest. Where people are like, oh, well, it's fucking Brock. You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> that's i know Raw rollins is the like to me is like actually the biggest dark horse in any of these matches just cuz
1: uh,
0: there hasn't been a mania in a while where vince has had these many this many babyface setups where it's going to be like the fans will be disappointed if they lose um which also kind of makes me think that
1: fucking aj styles isn't winning that mania but yeah I think he's got a good track record, but I agree with you at, you know, it just, uh, like you said, people have to, they have to fucking lose. And also with the Brock thing, I know that there's rumors with tying it into Fox wanting Brock to be a part of SmackDown um, during that, you know, jump once that happens with uh, Fox having SmackDowns on Friday nights because obviously Brock Lesnar is a huge... I mean, there's also stuff saying that they want the titles unified so they can have all the rosters as a part of both shows, not the share talent. So there's all that type of stuff going into it. Brock is not, you know, as far as anyone knows, there's no UFC in the future. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if money wasn't um, accumulated to the uh, the amount that Vince is willing to give Brock. We won't know until you know, until mania basically, because Brock could literally stay around just like last year when we all thought he was going to leave right after that. And then he got the title, uh, obviously lost to Roman. Roman had to vacate it, went back to him and he's had it since.
0: Yeah. And I know, I mean, if I'm Brock, I'm not necessarily super stoked on leaving to go to UFC right now with the deal that they just signed with ESPN plus where, pay-per-views are sold, like, solely going to be sold through you know ESP, ESPN Plus subscriptions, and they're changing that pay-per-view model. It's not just going to be all throughout cable. So the payday, at least for this first year, and they get the subscribers up and stuff, where it's all going to be streaming only, basically, kind of like WWE Network, is going to be down. So if I'm Brock, I'm not in, – in theory, he would make less money at a pay-per-view than he would have a year ago. Um, so I'm not – if I'm him, I'm not necessarily stoked on that. But I, I don't have all the details of that, but that's been something that's been talked about on Observer and everything this week where, you know, th- those percentages, the same as when WWE switched completely over, are going to be down. Now, I think they're still selling the pay-per-view at whatever the full value is. But, you know, there's also that crowd of people that are just going to be like, I can't buy the shit on cable. Well, fuck it then. I'm not going <laughs> to watch it and it happened with wwe when they switched to the network originally so it's not far-fetched to think that that would be a similar thing and i whatever man if brock's making money i think and he doesn't seem like he's hating what he's doing right now in wwe i don't know i could see him sticking around as champ and as far as like you know everyone talks about what fox wants at the end of the day they still have a contract with usa <laughs> so usa could also you know, true. know we want to keep we want to keep brock on our product
1: that's why you probably inevitably have to unify some titles uh, and just make one roster, I think. Um, it's the only thing that I, I feel like would be a compromise to make sense, because now you're not dealing with USA having both shows. You're literally dealing with two networks splitting the star roster. And with even the potential of Ronda Rousey coming back, you know, that's another person, Becky Lynch. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, the top names basically that everyone's talking about, whether you be a fan or someone that's a lesser fan of, of, you know, wrestling but knows some of the big marquee names, you know, Fox, like I keep on saying, they're not going to want to fucking do that, and neither, like you said, USA is going to, but uh, yeah, it just... um, like like I said, we'll, we'll find out more. Um, I have some questions with you with this next match uh, with Finn Balor and Braun Strowman going against Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Why the hell did they publicize his, his partner being that big of a deal when it was just going to be fucking Braun Strowman doing his normal thing of now lo- having Leo Rush be a human pinball? And um, why the hell is Finn Balor smiling so much after losing the damn IC title to Bobby Lashley the week before? Really disappointed with all this bullshit. I don't know,
0: because Finn Balor doesn't have an actual character. He's just a smiley guy with a leather coat. I mean, that's (laughs) that's the actual answer for the Finn Balor question, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess this was to put more tension between Leo Rush and Lashley, which I don't think anyone cares about unless you're going to have Leo Rush beat Bobby Lashley or have like a big moment or, you know, kind of some kind of baby face comeback. I mean, it's pretty much the, the Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley stuff reminds me so much of uh, Big Cass and Enzo in a way where it's like, well, oh, fucking Enzo is never going to beat Big. Well, and they're not ever gonna, they were never going to put Enzo over on Big Cass. So like, what is the point of building the storyline? Like we're supposed to feel bad for Leo Rush. I mean, unless it's just to get Leo Rush off TV and put him on 205 Live. For good, which I'm fine with if that's what they're going to do, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, this match was kind of nothing, and it didn't do anything for Finn. I mean, it was just Leo Rush got the shit shit beat out of him, and Bobby Lashley just left. So it oh, it was by more situation.
1: For by, by the way, Chris uh, Braun Strowman, uh, he's going to tear everyone's ass up in the Andre the Giant <laughs> Battle Royal. Oh, my God, the mighty have fucking fallen. Holy shit. I get to be in a script with SNL guys, and I'm going to destroy everyone in the yonder. Give me a car. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh,
0: well, he went from.
1: It, there's no answer for
0: it. He was going to be main eventing with Lesnar, right? they didn't want him to lose because they did want him to make him look weak. Then they have him lose. (laughs) And then they put him from like the top of the card into what I think all things are considering is like the, we don't know what the fuck to do with these guys battle Royale.
1: Oh my God. There's going to be a lot of big names in that man. There is a good, you understand that due to circumstance, there's a good chance that Kevin Owens could be in that fucking battle royal.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or just not on the show.
1: <laughs> like, would you, really wh- which would you rather? <laughs> I mean, oh, if he's not going to win it,
0: I would rather not fucking be there. Because. The whole yeah. idea was he's going to come back to this big push and have some good matches with Joe and fucking Brian. That was the idea because he's worked with both of them before in ROH, and uh, he's already shown that he can be at the top of the card and be a good promo, either heel or face. And I don't know. I'd rather him just not fucking be there, unless you're going to have him beat Braun. Hey, well, Maybe he'll I mean, have an
1: episode it's... of the KO show. Another new one. I mean, that.
0: yeah, just well, him winning the Battle Royale, even winning that, it's like that That trophy is almost for a heel. Like the way that they do these trophies, because it's like this giant trophy, and like, I don't know. I guess when they did it with Matt Hardy, it was okay. But for the most part, it's kind of how you want to put over your big monster. You don't really see, uh, with the exception of Matt Hardy winning it, it, you don't really see a lot of anything come out of those. I mean, they tried it well, with Mojo Rawley. They tried it. To push it as a big deal, like I don't know, that match is just always terrible, and not because of like the <laughs> quality. It's just like I don't know. They never fucking build anyone out of it. Does that mean that like you are? Are they also gonna put like Alistair Black in that fucking thing?
1: Yep, I, I mean, really honestly, tell they think like, they are, man.
0: I mean, maybe it turns into a barn burner, and they give them like twenty minutes, and you get Alistair Black, Kevin Owens fucking ricochet. You know, if uh, if they did that, if if they
1: put that, if they honestly put them on the pre-show and did that with both the women's and men's division of like some of the best, instead of just the B fucking locker room and just, you know, had some fun stuff in a battle Royal. um, We've seen AEW pull it off. We've seen the NWA pull it off. You know, it's not hard to have a, a, a fun battle Royal. So, I don't know. It just kind of sucks in retrospect. This with Braun Strowman, always talking about people like KO, Aleister Black, a lot of people that if you don't have a spot, I feel like you're going to be in this. Uh, they're not going to keep you off the show because they have to have every fucking star in the business. That was a horrible impression of of modern events. I can't do modern events, Thankfully, um, yeah. But uh, Finn Balor, man, I like your scenario, and this would be my ultimate concept which is probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush fucks up something for Bobby Lashley, Finn gets the title back and then Bobby Lashley and Leo have a program in which Leo turns out to be a babyface at the end of it or some stupid shit like that. What I would rather is him fuck it up beforehand or 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 uh you know him and Bobby come to terms and then he goes against Bobby for the title. And then you have that, and then we get Demon Finn, which is already being advertised, but who gives a shit about advertisement, against the fucking Undertaker, since we don't know if there's any involvement with Taker this year. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be a great match, but prestigious-wise, if you give the Demon a win over Taker, and especially if this could be his last time, if he was on the card, it would still be something big for Finn and a marquee match, and they would need to start advertising, I don't know, fucking soon, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, at this point, I'm kind of, unless Taker just randomly shows up and kills Baron Corbin, I don't really have any uh, hope that we're going to see <laughs> Taker on the show. I mean, it, I mean, Taker could just show up at Mania and kill Corbin and be like, I'm fighting fucking Kurt Angle or whatever. But like, you know what I mean? Like maybe they do that. I, but at this point, man, I'm not sold on Tigger being there at all. And like I said in the past, I don't have a problem with that. I do wish I knew yeah. like I I feel like Finn Balor's kind of wasted, but I also feel like they haven't done much to develop his character. You know, they they made him a hard person for Brock to beat, but as soon as that was over, they just shifted gears. And kind of put him in this middle card, and I know he like had the IC title, but he like immediately dropped it. And
1: I know I
0: I don't know what they're trying I, to
1: do. With did it. you think did you think that Finn getting the title would bring a level of prestige to the IC title that Seth kind of was going for, and that it's had in in the past with people like The Miz, Dolph, even Jericho, and other people that have really brought out that title as being the workers' title like we were used to you know, back when we were younger and shit.
0: I mean, if anything, if he wins it back at Mania and they go full tilt with they get they break up Ricochet and Aleister Black and they move these NXT guys to going after it against Finn and you kind of get away from Bobby Lashley and some of these new yeah. card car guys. Make it more are like an X division
1: style concept.
0: Exactly. You know? I think if they I think if they go that route then it becomes a hell of a lot more entertaining and maybe that's where they're shifting towards. But we're I mean Shit, we're pretty much getting a. It's almost it's confirmed we're getting a sh- superstar shakeup. Right mm-hmm. now, I think they just have Finn standing pat until they know who's going to be where, and you know this whole thing is just to build a storyline between Bobby Lashley and Mia Rush. I don't I don't think there's anything more than than that right now. He just happens to be the guy that's there, and it's unfortunate, but I mean a lot of it has to do, like I said, with them not wanting Braun to, to fight Lesnar, so you shift and. They wanted Seth to win Rumble, so then Finn Balor just kind of became that guy, and I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with him, but it's uh, it's been kind of weird, man, uh, the Finn Balor thing. But like I said, they haven't done anything to build his personality. I mean, he's – other than being the small guy against, like, Brock Lesnar, they haven't done anything, or against Bobby Lashley. They've just been like, yeah, he's a tough son of Irish guy, and he smiles a lot. Like, that's pretty much all we know, and then sometimes he turns into a demon. Patrick's which, which they don't even fucking highlight that he can become this demon. They don't, like, show him become it and, like, come out wielding a chainsaw like he did in NXT back, like, they don't even show uh. clips from that shit. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even show the stuff that makes the demon cool, really, so it's, it's kind of hard to be hyped about it. So it's just one of those weird, like, with Cactus Jack, right? Like, you know, they tease Cactus Jack a lot, but they kept him relevant. That's the whole thing is they kept the character relevant. So when Mick Foley would call his dear friend Cactus Jack, he knew that Cactus Jack was a fucking maniac. Well, if I don't know that the demon is this badass and you don't remind me of it every once in a while and he just shows up in face paint. Well, it's like, well, that's just Finn Balor in face paint.
1: I mean, it's part of the problem
0: with Finn's character.
1: I guess, I guess it's because of the fact that they always say that he's undefeated at pay-per-views as a demon. And it's like, well, that only can get you a certain, you know, certain length with me because but after a while you are not using because, it.
0: I mean, didn't he lose as the demon to Samoa Joe in NXT?
1: Or only well, are they
0: only talking about the I, main I, roster, and he's only done the demon yeah, thing twice? Only, so
1: <laughs> they they're they're only <laughs> talking about the main roster because he he beat Seth. He obviously demolished Baron Corbin. I think that was the last time he used it. Every time he's been the demon, he's won the match, basically. So, and you know how Vince is; he doesn't believe in NXT. We have Triple H. All right, so I got this guy. He's he's a great fighter. He's from Ireland, and uh, so he, he has this concept where he gets he turns into a demon. Great, we'll make him smile, and then fucking we get what the hell we have. Um, But, yeah, let's let's move on, and we're going to move on past this next fucking part because I think that neither one of us give a shit about it. Hey, guys, Elias is going to be doing something, and it's probably going to involve the honky-tonk man and Jeff Jarrett at WrestleMania, and it's probably going to be horribly amazing, and I can't wait. Um, Who gives a shit about No Way Jose and and fucking all that shit? That was dumb. All right, Kurt Angle comes out. Hey, guys, I have an announcement to make. I've decided my person I'm going to be going against is a guy that's been beating me lately, and that is Baron Corbin. The audience audible gasp should be a fucking soundbite because of how terrible this came off to the Chicago crowd. And I just feel, Chris, that with the reaction, the fact that even on SmackDown, the commentary was talking about how pissed off the WWE universe is that this is just like Kofi, this is just like Becky, it's another hook, and we're going to have something like you suggested where either Undertaker or John Cena take out Baron Corbin ahead of time and end up being in that match. Please tell me I'm not crazy for thinking that. It's too no, on the I mean, nose with the commentary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, if this
0: was what they were going for, I think they quickly realized that it's not it's not the route to go down. I mean in theory Kurt is gonna lose at Mania because he's going out. Do you really want him to fucking lose to Baron Corbin? That'd be the match he's last match he's remembered for in the WWE like
1: uh I, I,
0: I tend to agree with you. The audible <laughs> crowd reaction, the internet reaction, and even like the way that they have the announcers pointing out the fact that it does seem like seems like a swerve. I mean I I don't know. Like, what's, what's Bray Wyatt doing? <laughs> hey man. Like, Hell, man. Yeah, I'm like, just kidding, man. Yeah, just making some soup
1: with my grandma, man.
0: <laughs> but you, you get what I'm saying. There's got to be someone better yeah. for Angle to fight that would be – I mean, even if you can't get Taker and if you're going to do – if you're going to do – um, well, they're not doing Joe versus Cena. They, they knocked that in the bud. So I yeah. think that they probably are moving Cena versus Kurt Angle. Um, Which is makes the most sense. I mean, it may, I mean, it's not the storyline I would go go for, but it makes sense. I mean, the prototype versus Kurt Angle, um, and not it's gonna be it'll be a good match. Like Cena can have a good match even with Kurt's limitations. I don't think. it I mean, it's not gonna be anything to like write home to for unless Kurt Angle tries to kill himself. Um,
1: I don't <laughs> think it the will the be but, as to the level because I think that Sean is on a different level than John, but I think it'll be very similar to the send-off that Sean gave Rick if, you know, John has his last match with Kurt Angle. And there's a lot of history yeah. there.
0: And you know what? I'm not um, even mad that, that it turned out to be what they're doing, which I guess we'll we, if we get to it on SmackDown, what they're doing with Mysterio stepping up to take on yeah. Joe. I'm kind of pissed off that it's not the payoff with Andretti and Ray. Just because they worked so hard to build that feud and make... They had so many good matches, and then there's not, like, a payoff for it. But at the same time, it's like, well, I get to see fucking Rey Mysterio versus Mojo, so... Whatever. That's cool. (laughs) Like... I agree.
1: I... I wouldn't be surprised, though, if certain other people get added to that match, man, uh, including Andrade, Mustafa Ali is another one that comes to mind, Kevin Owens possibly. I feel like there's a chance that it won't just be Samoa Joe, but I hope it is because I'm sick of everything shaping up to be a three-way, four-way, five-way fucking, you know, person match and shit.
0: Agreed. I mean, hell, why don't they just turn the Battle Royale, if you're going to have these big stars into it, a title opportunity for the U.S. title. Like, you win it, and you also get a shot at the U.S. title, or the IC title, whichever one you pick. Just do it like you do fucking Royal Rumble, and then at least then you have an outside storyline that's not just like, hey, you won this giant
1: trophy. That's a very good point. Reason to do shit. Survivor Series is a good example of that. Let's get into this whole thing, because I really love... The concept, I enjoyed the match. I know Kurt's limited, but we talked about this being a possibility just lacking um, oof, if you will, because of Chad Gable being in a certain position. But I love that Kurt Angle's having a farewell tour, if you will. And he started off putting, you know, helping out Apollo. Then Apollo beats um, Baron Corbin. I feel like the same thing's going to happen possibly with, with Chad Gable. And I feel like potentially we could have, if he has two more, given that there's two more Raws, we have the potential for him to maybe go against Bob, Bobby Roode, which would be a great match and a, and a, and have a lot to it. Because Chad and Apollo is probably because they're influenced by Kurt. They're younger. But if you have Bobby Roode or Shelton Benjamin be the other two guys that have those matches, if there are two more matches in Kurt's lineup to WrestleMania, I think that's really cool too because you're telling a story and you're, you're giving Kurt some really great wrestlers um, not to help get over, obviously, but to help end his legacy. To pop, probably losing to Mania to either Baron Corbin, hopefully not, or John Cena, or The Undertaker, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're spot on. I think that would be the way I would go. I, obviously, if you're going to go outside of Rude, if you're trying to do like a TNA throwback match, that my go-to would be AJ or Samoa Joe. But because they're on SmackDown, that's not going to happen. So Rude makes sense um and obviously i would have said joe being part of his little crew yeah joe joe or aj styles just because those feuds were were so great i mean it would have been perfect send off for him to go against those two but you know that's not his wwe career so you know that's whatever
1: i thought it was awesome that chad gable posted a picture of a vhs of kurt angle's greatest hits that he had Kurt Angle sign for him back in 2000 and talk to him for a little while because he idolized him, letting him know that he was about to join the varsity wrestling team and got a couple tips from Kurt, knowing that, obviously, um, you know, he would go on to being an Olympian and stuff like that. And just uh, they, they visually look at each other. I have no idea to this day why, John, why Vince McMahon was like, all right, out of these two American Alpha guys. Should it be Chad Gable or Jason? Jason Jordan's going to be the son. Like, I have no fucking clue how you look at both of them and go, yeah, Jason Jordan should be it. That's amazing to me. But um, more stuff that doesn't really matter. Women's match is going to have, like, fucking uh, apparently six tag teams. I really hope, uh, Chris, that I said what I said. They've already shown up on NXT and shown, like, a little bit. Like, I I don't – no, no, they can't do that because Karisane and um, – and uh, Io Shirai are involved in the main event. It really looks like there could be four or five fucking tag teams between an NXT team, a legend team, a SmackDown team, being the Iconics, blah, uh, you know, and, and a Raw team along with them for the fucking women's title. I'm starting to think that you're right, that they're, they're, they're already starting off really sloppily booking the Women's Tag Championship. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I didn't like the concept of it to begin with. It's just, they, they have such a hard time with tag teams in general expecting them to get it right with the women's division. I just, I, I thought it was a fucking pipe dream and it kind of seems like it is. I was hoping that we get, you know, Kerry Zane and the year's would have been a good tag team to add to this. It still could in theory happen, but, uh, I, mean, I I, I really, really think
1: is, Chris I, I feel like it could be Bailey and Sasha versus Nia and Tamina versus Beth and Natalya versus Io and Kari versus the Iconics. I really feel like that could be the fucking match of Mania. Maybe minus uh the I keep on forgetting they're they're the Sky Pilots uh from NXT.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, did you give a single shit about this Natalya Beth Phoenix stuff? At all on the show. I
1: I really, I like that Beth Phoenix came out of retirement. I think that's good. I feel like they're hodgepodging this because Beth was more willing to do this than Lita and Trish were. And they just were like, well, we can put Natalia and Beth back together. And they asked her, offered her some money. And she was like, sure, I'll do that. But I feel like this was the the plan B route. And I'm not trying to down anything with Beth Phoenix and Natalia. I just feel like this was the plan B because originally they wanted Lita and Trish. Uh, just against I mean, Sasha and Bailey, and now they're trying to make a clusterfuck instead. I guess the one
0: benefit of this is that I don't have to hear Beth Phoenix on fucking commentary during this match. Oh, so oh, there's, oh, <laughs> there's fucking that. I mean, uh, like I, I like Beth, Beth Phoenix, Phoenix as a you're wrestler, right. but she's—I could go the rest of my trying. life without her on commentary. Well, it's not even that. It's just her and Renee sound almost exactly the same
1: on commentary. Yeah, like the same
0: reaction. Similar voices. That's how
1: I feel about uh, Byron Saxton and um, uh, who's the main guy who calls on SmackDown? Uh, Michael Cole Jr. Um, God damn it. Who's the guy who's the main (laughs) one for SmackDown? Is it it Todd Phillips? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips and Byron Saxton, sometimes I think they're the same person whenever Corey's bitching with them. Like, I can't remember who the hell is who. Um, The the the, the other thing about
0: with Beth is that she's not, She's not really ever announced before, Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it. it and it, you already have three other announcers, so it just turns into this clusterfuck of announcing which is bad. And so, like you know, whatever she's yeah. gonna be in that match, I'm fine with it. I don't. I, I think there's worse shit that they could do, but I mean, also when I say worse shit, I think having another multi-tag team event right after you just had an elimination chamber. And not really beat it, building any meaningful feuds heading into Mania would be one of those things that I mean by worse thing that you could do, but whatever. Fuck it. Get...
1: That, that's a very good point. Um, all right, so next on the card, Ricochet defeated Jinder Mahal. I guess it's good that he had a, a – you know, he beat an ex-World Heavyweight Champion. I guess you you can look in that perspective. But at the same time, don't they want to, like, have Ricochet be able to tear it up with a more athletic big guy that can move a little bit more or someone his size so they can really show him off? I mean, he's called the human gift for a reason, so that that seems kind of pointless. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? Um, How would you feel about Ronda destroying Dana Brooks in 15 seconds?
0: It oh, fucking made sense for Rhonda's current character. It sucked that they were building That's up a Dana and then just had her. <laughs> and then they had just, I mean, yeah, she's just, she's supposed to be shooting, right? That was, that was yeah, a leg- yeah, I'm, I'm legit
1: armbar. She hates wrestling, Chris. She only talked about how much she loved it. Uh for a long time until fans are just hating on her. Yeah, I like the stuff with Ronda. I think it builds her up as a badass. I thought the thing with their husband punching one of the security guards was kind of funny. Whatever. Uh, you know, I thought this was fine. Sucks for Dana Brooke, but, you know, I guess she's on TV, so she had a championship uh, opportunity. You can look at it that way. This Batista thing didn't do shit for me, and i got to be honest with you. Both times I've seen Batista outside the Ric Flair thing. I just feel like he's overacting. I feel like he's trying to be like a 1970s James Bond villain. And I think that Batista actually is a really good actor. Um, You know, I just, this, to me, he's been pretty weak and Triple H has been pretty much on fire every time he's had the chance to talk. Um, But he didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, He just said that basically Triple H was abusing him and uh, abusing other people and and getting in his way and, and forced him out. But, you know, last week he was talking about how he left because of Triple H and that it's just a very, very confusing thing. He seems like he has daddy issues with Triple H. I'm still looking forward to this match, but it was kind of weak sauce with the fucking interview. And I think Chicago just hated it on it the whole entire time, which didn't help.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like what they're doing with Batista's characters. So I'm going to go the opposite route. Like I, I think the way they've been building this okay. match is actually pretty, pretty good storyline, but you know, it's, I don't know if batista's a little, it's, it's weird because if anything, Batista should be the baby face in the scenario, but they're like trying to make it Um And I think that part has, has, has turned me off the most. But as far as what he's saying, I mean, all the stuff he's saying and playing off the past, it is kind of the way things went down if you're only talking about I think evolution.
1: I it's his tone in which he's talking. It's just strange. It's not like, it's not believable. Like, I know how Batista is in real life and how he's been in the WWE before, and now he seems like he's playing this. Like, it's, it's like when Jericho did the whole fucking um, No Country for Old Men thing. I think that he ended up, it, that kind of worked for him. I, to me, at least, with this whole Batista thing, it just seems a little bit wacky and cheesy, uh, the way that he's talking, at least. Not so much the overall build up for it. I can see that. You can see that. I mean, I'm not. I'm still not stoked on seeing a Batista Triple H match to begin with. But I think the storytelling behind it's been fine. Well, they have to have 19 fucking matches on this card, Chris. So you're gonna have to get used to it. Uh, there's a good show that Big Show is gonna fight Kane in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, in full uh, normal clothes as well. They're gonna have it like cut satellite, like they did with WrestleMania too. Uh, anyways, Drew <laughs> McIntyre <Master laughs> challenge Roman Reigns for WrestleMania claiming that while Roman beat leukemia, he'll never beat him. This is the only time they've ever used this with a heel person talking where it didn't bother me as much. I thought I was like, God, you're a piece of shit. I hope Roman fights you, and I I think that's what they're going for. Kind of would like them not to go with that. But anyways, he he inevitably ends up beating uh, Seth Rollins. Brock Lesnar's music distracts Rollins, allowing McIntyre to hit the Claymore kick for the win. Pretty good match. Um but, yeah, I think it's setting up stuff, like I said, for them afterwards, uh, after, after Mania, for a feud, if Seth gets the title. But I like the split, this display of Drew. He's coming off like a good heel, I think, and I think him and Roman Reigns are going to have a fun match. Nothing to write home about, though. Yeah, I mean, I thought the match was pretty good. I, I think it's good that they're pushing Drew in this
0: manner. I'm not a huge Drew McIntyre fan, but if you're going to build him, this is the right way to do it. I think putting him at the top of the card with Seth and Brock being involved and Roman being involved is the right way to do it. Like, I, I can't, you know, just because I don't like a particular wrestler doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong. And the, I think the way they're booking Drew McIntyre makes yeah. sense if you're trying to turn you think, him into
1: a top heel. Do you think I'm crazy or does – does I don't think Triple H so much, but do you think that Vince sees qualities in Drew McIntyre that he saw in Triple H? Uh, because Triple H had, you know, Drew McIntyre as a baby face in NXT. It just seems like a complete flip. And he's doing, I think, a better job as a heel. But there's so many, like, parallels of that style attitude and also the physique that make me think that Vince kind of likes that concept of Drew. Does that make sense?
0: I don't. You know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know because, I mean, Drew was there before, and Vince wasn't super high on yeah. him, so I don't know what made him change his mind if it's – if Triple H is in his ear, maybe Triple H sees a lot of himself, or, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's a good – it's a good comparison, at least. You can definitely point at him and go – if he becomes yeah, like a those chicken type shit. Type heel, Yeah, he's not
1: chicken shit. You know, but he still has tr- Triple H qualities, even though he's not as uh, chicken shit as Triple H could be. Yeah, so, I mean, I,
0: I at least they're trying to build a – a fuck an actual heel who does heal shit and is I, I, I can't hate on them for what they're doing with Drew McIntyre to try to make put someone else on the top of the card as a bad guy that's name is not Brock Lesnar.
1: Yeah. So
0: no, I agree <laughs> as with far that. as that goes, like I, I like what they're doing, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him. I mean, I know other I know a lot of other people like him. He's just not he's not my bag. But I, I like the way he's being
1: booked currently. I gotcha. All right, well, let's uh, go into SmackDown. Man, I got to say, dude, it it starts off with Miz coming out, and I'm like, I really just don't give a shit about this storyline. And then the Miz starts talking, and the Miz gives <laughs> – Miz is, is one of the best heels in the last several years, and he gives an amazing babyface promo, even putting over Kofi Kingston in the process, which would be a reoccurring theme to AJ Styles and even Kevin Owens later on in the night. But – Man, if even if you don't care about the storyline going on right now, I feel like Miz is one of the best guys on the fucking mic when it comes to talking as either heel or babyface.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Miz had a good promo as a babyface. It started off a little weak, but once he got his stride underneath him, it got a lot better. Like, I I still don't care about this match. <laughs> It's kind of like they just—they just, they just convince me that Miz is good on the microphone, but we all know he was good on the microphone.
1: So it's like, still don't care about this match at all, man. I don't <laughs> to do a little
0: shit about what it.
1: What if it's a what if it's a scaffolding match with Jim Cornette as a special guest referee?
0: I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but man, I'm like I think it was Brian Alvarez or I can't remember. Was someone on the Observer? He was like, it's weird because it's like Shane doesn't do anything safe, and Miz does everything safe, so this should be the weirdest fucking match of all time. (laughs) Which I thought was a good point.
1: (laughs) Dude, that is a really good point. I didn't even think about that.
0: (laughs) Like, when he pointed that out, I was like, damn, man, he's got a point, because it's not like you see Miz jumping off cages and shit, and even when he's been in ladder matches in the past, he's not doing any crazy big spots, not to take anything away from Miz, it's just Miz wrestles a very traditional WWE style and is not wrestles, you know, very specific which gets him a lot of shit, like he's gotten a lot of shit for the way he wrestled in the past from critics and fans alike and he's always been known as being a better mic guy than an in-ring worker, but like Shane is fucking shit at all the normal WWE shit, but is the guy that jumps off crazy shit so
1: it's like a matchup of two styles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I don't know, man. That 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 D D T that Shane does where he does like the the it's terrible. All right, anyways, another thing I don't really give a shit, Iconics defeated Boston Hub because of interaction with uh, Lacey Evans, What? whatever the fuck. Fuck all that bullshit. Anyways, backstage, we already talked about it. Rey Mysterio had his son, Dominic, which towered about nine feet over his dad, Rey Mysterio, making him look like the child in the relationship. It's weird because the last time we saw Dominic, He didn't know if Eddie or Ray was his father, Uh, but still awesome that he was there, Uh, you know, did a little uh, promo, and uh, I know that he is getting trained by Jay Lethal and Ray uh, to become a professional wrestler, so I think that's pretty fucking awesome. I think it was Jay Lethal is who I heard, but uh, he announced he's going to go against Samoa Joe for the U.S. title. Chris, do you kind of agree with me that there's a possibility they could add some of those other guys to this, whether it be our truth whether it be Zorade, whether it be even like Mustafa Ali or Kevin Owens this match?
0: They could, man. I, I hope they don't go that route just because there's going to be so many multi- team... Uh, there's so many multi-matches. Like, to, like you have, we have a triple threat, then we're going to have this giant six-man tag team match, then we have... They're doing are the Raw tag team titles are they Triple Threat as well?
1: I don't know. I don't even know if they they exist anymore. Honestly,
0: <laughs> you get what I'm saying though. Like, and then you're gonna have two Battle Royals. I, oh, I, I don't know, man. I, I hope they don't go that route. But if they do, it would make sense. I could see them doing that with and get to get Mustafa Ali in there and. I would assume you just put R-Truth back in there, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio, or you just put R-Truth out to the side and have him troll Alexa Bliss on the pre-show, <laughs> which is what he's been doing on the ah. website. Um, and then you just have – yeah, you have Andrade. And, but, I mean, I feel like they just had that match. You know? Yeah. It's, al- well, it's almost better so- if they just do Rey versus Joe. <laughs>
1: Well, you you brought well, – talking about our truth I remembered something that's not going to be on here because Asuka wasn't on the fucking thing. But apparently for her match, the rumor is – I don't think it's been confirmed that we're going to have um, uh, either Sony Deville or Mandy Rose. Like, one of them will be going against um, Nick – or uh, – one of them will be going against Naomi. The other one will be going against Carmella. And then the winners of those match two weeks from now on the last one, the go-home show – The winner of that whole thing will be the one going against Asuka for the title. Um, I feel like somehow it's going to be fucking Mandy Rose if that happens. And she's like the last person in those four that I would want to see get that uh, opportunity at WrestleMania. If they wanted to make Asuka into a
0: giant heel, they would just not book her on WrestleMania and then have
1: her screw over Becky.
0: (laughs) In the main event.
1: I don't hate that idea, man. You know, I really honestly still I'm not 100% confirmed. It, to me there's a chance that Ronda wins because she's staying and it was all everything else was all speculation from fans and everything because that was not confirmed 100% yet. Um, or there's a chance that Charlotte wins and I kind of want Charlotte to win. I know that fan I know that if there are fans of the show, they'll probably hate me, but hey, after watching Johnny and Tommaso, did it get kind of boring at certain parts? Yes, but they end up having this great overall story. Yes. And I feel like there's more, if we on the leaves, there's more story involved with Charlotte and Becky. That's going to happen inevitably anyways, even if Becky's a champion. So now you get the baby face that runs for it. Like we keep on going back to Chris. I don't see a bunch of happiness and, 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 uh, you know, trophies given out for every fucking match for every baby face. I just don't yeah, think that's possible. I, I I, I do think that she's winning, but
0: I, I was just – a straight idea, what if they just fucking forgot to book Asuka? Forgot to book a SmackDown championship match, and that's why she shows up, and she's just pissed off and demolishes all of them.
1: I mean, I love that idea. Like, and I think they're that, not going to do Does that do mean that, that no one's ready be, for her?
0: Yeah, because no one's ready, ready for, for the book? Asuka. Exactly. No, uh, no one's ready for fucking Oscar, But yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I it's going to – it's probably going to end up being Carmella, and they'll just do Oscar versus Carmella because they put Carmella in main event pay-per-views before. I mean, I think the way to go would be Na- like just give Naomi the match and then build on the fact that Asuka and her have had like a little bit of a friendship and do just kind of a friend versus friend match, like a friendly match. Have, you know, Asuka win and then them shake hands at the end and that just be
1: the fucking end of it and just move along. Or Usos go heel, too, during that, and then also she goes, too, and she's like, fuck you, Asuka, and she kicks her in the head five times. I don't know. Well, that I mean, was, the, U- the, the Usos happened. are heel, right? <laughs> like, that, yeah, they're that borderline, though. They're kind of, like, in the middle because they have really good promos and we like, you know, how cool they are. Um What's not cool, I think, is uh, Kevin Owens having the KO show. I think they they were doing such a good job of having this more like badass concept, and now they're just harping back to the stupid shtick shit. I like how he got both Charlotte and Becky riled up, and I like that part where he exited the ring before talking more, because he knew that it was about to cut loose, but I don't think he should be doing the KO show. I don't think he should be a comedy spot. I don't think they positioned him with his new baby face run after the injury as a a comedy level thing. And I also – we've seen Charlotte and Becky beat the living fuck out of each other night and night again. Do do we really need this, Chris? We have two more weeks.
0: No, and I don't disagree with you. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't have anything for Kevin Owens to do right now. So – Expect more KO shows on SmackDown.
1: I guess you're right.
0: Yeah. I guess right, he's so, gonna weasel um, his way in against fucking Randy Orton and AJ Styles somehow. We might as well make every one of these fucking matches a three-way or a four-way. <laughs> let's just let's make them all eight minutes long. <laughs> four-way matches, then <laughs> we can get done with WrestleMania in under 16 hours this year. <laughs>
1: God, don't uh, even. Ugh. We have so much to cover that weekend, guys. Just to let you know if you're wondering, we're gonna have two shows that week, most likely. Uh, one to go over all the other shows outside of Mania and Raw and SmackDown, and one to go over Raw SmackDown and WrestleMania because there's just so much coverage and there's so many big events. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So AJ and Randy are gonna happen. We kind of already knew that. AJ had a promo. Uh, Daniel Bryan came out. Just, you know, I love Daniel Bryan as a heel. It's actually really working for me, Chris, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean
0: yeah. fuck, I lost my train of thought. You're you're loving Rhonda as a heel, is that what you that's what you said, right? Making sure I heard you right.
1: No, Daniel Bryan. I'm I'm loving him as a heel. Like that promo he did right beforehand calling Kofi, the uh, B-plus, you know, say, harpening back to what happened to him and just being so ruthless. And the fact that people are buying it and being like, I've I've seen so many people, Daniel Bryan, used to be a good guy, but blah, blah, blah. It's still real to them, man. It's still real. (laughs) Yeah, actually,
0: you know, it's just it's still, they've done way better about making Daniel Bryan a heel. I wasn't huge on this heel run. Um, but I think he is doing a really good job. I did enjoy the promo on Kofi, uh, especially because everyone else put him over. It seemed like you know all the baby faces put him over um, on SmackDown, so it was good that Daniel Bryan's like, yeah, nah. So yeah, I I uh, I, I I feel like Daniel Bryan's just now starting to get steam under his like heel run, and it's going to be over in two weeks.
1: It could be. I don't know. It really could be. Um, it it just depends. But um, either way, while he's doing it, the Rowan thing's not really working for me. Uh, I guess having some type of Kevin Nash for him, if you will, is, is something that's uh, what they're trying to do with it. But whatever. Either way, we had this match start. Um, remember, if Kofi won, I mean, if he wins, I should say, he earns the WWE title shot wrestle meeting against Daniel Bryan. He started off with Sheamus. You know, there was already parts of the match where Cesaro, um, you know, while Sheamus is is distracting the refs, Cesaro gave uh, Kofi a European uppercut. And, you know, Sheamus is trying to go for strong, you know, just strong strikes like he normally does to just completely just mess up um, basically, you know, Kofi's equilibrium. Uh, He loses – of course we knew. Like, I didn't know where they were going with this. I was like, how, they really did stack the deck against him. Um, Cesaro comes in. Cesaro is going more for holds and stretching the shit out of Kofi, trying to just make him just break down all of his limbs. Somehow, SOS, he gets the pin on that. Eric Rowan comes out. Uh, it, it really... Seem like I guess they were going for. Rowan got instructed for, by Dan O'Brien to take a DQ and take the, 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 you know, beat the shit out of him a little bit, throw him around, toss him outside, hit him with a chair a couple times. So the next person, which looks so bleak, Chris, uh, when Samoa Joe's music hit and he came to the ring and you're just like, there's, there's no fucking way. Same thing, Kofi's able to do it. Um, and, uh, what what you, what you call it he he was able to beat him uh Samoa Joe pissed afterwards beat the living hell out of Kofi Randy Orton comes out he called you know it I didn't he make like he called him stupid or something like that uh um, yeah to kind of harp him back to their their old feud um I'm you know it, it's nice seeing Randy play ball with this I I I'm, I'm assuming he felt like an asshole for how he was in the past sort of thing I don't know I'm just assuming that but I like that him and Daniel O'Brien saying, you know, B-plus player, it really, that those two driving forces really help out uh, how much passion is involved in this whole entire feud uh, with Kofi trying to get the belt at least. It's not really a feud, but um, he beats Randy Orton, and uh, you would think that's it, but Vince comes out, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, we got seven minutes left. Vince is about to fuck over <laughs> to Kofi, and he did. Dan O'Brien came out. And uh, beat Kofi Kingston, and uh, you know it was it, it really looked like he was gonna do it because he got the SOS on him, but then he got the running knee after you know kicking out of it because he couldn't fully do it. And uh, Daniel Bryan pinned him, and it went off the air with him and Vince smiling, and the New Day just devastated along with Kofi. Uh, really great imagery. They got two weeks left. How the fuck are they going to turn this around? What did you think about this whole entire uh, match structure with the gauntlet match? Do you think it was better than the last one? I don't think it was better than the last
0: one. I think it was probably more believable because Kofi ended up losing. It's also a little weird that they put him over Samoa Joe and Randy Orton with them going into Mania, but while it makes them look a little weak, it also makes Kofi look strong, so it's a double-edged sword.
1: Um,
0: I mean, I guess going forward, they're going to have to have Kofi get a pin on Daniel. So I'm assuming there'll be a tag match uh, either you know this week or the following week. Because, I mean, Kofi's got to get some of the steam back. I think he needs at least a win going into Mania after this gauntlet thing, and they got to figure a way to get the title back on him, right? So, Or to to get him back in the match, not get the title back on him, but... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's kind of a little bit of a weird scenario that they've booked themselves into because, he, like I said, he's got to find a way to get back into the title picture.
1: Yep, I did it again. Thought I was unmuted and totally was not muted. Sorry about that. Um... But, yeah, one thing that someone suggested, Chris, that I thought was very interesting, what if the Baby Space roster, you know, we kept on seeing a scene with the New Day watching, and then they would cut back, and, you know, um, Mustafa Ali was watching with them, and then it would cut back, and it kept on getting bigger and bigger, where even Nikki Cross was fucking with them watching the match. Yeah. what if the baby face roster decides to say, alright, if you're not fucking putting Kofi in that match, all of us aren't wrestling. You can fuck offense. Like something where they go on strike, I guess. Like I don't I don't really know how they get there. I'm just like throwing whatever at the wall. Not sure if it sticks.
0: Yeah, I mean they could do something like that. You could have a a thing, but I mean it will it, it's also like it would to me that has to work. If you have, if if you had Becky going in as champion, right, then you could do that. Where she's like, well, then I'm just not going to do your fucking main event. Like somehow you got to put Vince over a barrel for it to make sense. And you know, the current, the current character they have, Vincent, he would just be like, well, I'll just book so and so in that match, or you know, it's Vince. He's I got all these people from NXT, pal, that'll take your spot. Like, I feel like that's how his current character is. So, I I don't know what they're they're going to do. I, I think probably the way to go about this would be tricking Daniel Bryan into giving Kofi the title match by having the New Day fuck with him so bad. You know what I mean? Like, have the New Day troll the absolute shit out of him. To trick them and trick him into giving them a title match, because you remember like The Rock would do shit like that. Like like The Rock is never going to get another title match, and then he would end up beating all of DX's ass when Triple H was there or whatever, and he would somehow convince <laughs> or trick them into messing up and giving him another title match. So like you know at the end of the day, the babyface is supposed to outsmart the heel. Like the heel is supposed to be the smart one, but the babyface always figures out a way to outsmart them and over- overcome evil. So I think maybe you go that route. I and mean, You just make it a simple storyline, but one that's effective. But, you know, uh, it, it, to me, it's going to end up with them being – I think what you're saying with the face tag team, it could end up being almost like a Survivor Series match where you kind of have a almost a walkout, and it leads to like, well, if you guys can beat these guys, then he can have his match or whatever. So I, I don't think that's far-fetched. It's just uh, they only have two weeks – they could do, They could have done yeah. so much more, which obviously is not their fault because I don't think they ever knew Kofi was going to be here, considering he was a replacement for Mustafa Ali. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I do know we. I mean, we. It's pretty much confirmed Kofi is going to be the guy at Mania, so we know it's going to get there. It's just how how they're getting there at this point.
1: And uh, I think that brings up a good conversation that we should probably have. Um... Something that, I mean, it's out there, obviously, um, with this whole entire thing. Um, Now, (laughs) to me, and I I think you feel the same way, but knowing the company we're dealing with and certain things that they've done in the past before, um, Daniel Bryan comes to mind uh, with this kind of, Booker T comes to mind with Triple H. Um, If they have Kofi fucking lose at WrestleMania, that is not going to be a smart thing for Vince to do at all. It almost makes me think that to come off, if you will, progressive, that they're kind of doing this as a way to make a statement. I don't know necessarily if that's in a positive way or just as companies do. Um, But, you know, it's it's gotten to the point, Chris, where it seems like they are, you know, between uh, statements I've I've, outside of WWE obviously kayfabe stuff but with true to it to an extent you know with big e making his promo and and Kofi Kingston saying certain things within his promos there is an underlying tone that a lot of people don't know and, and, and don't correlate that there has not been 100% uh you know black um WWE world heavyweight champion that we have had the big gold belt which shares lineage to WCW and NWA through it that's been on Ron Simmons Mark Henry and Booker team about five times or maybe six times. I forgot how many times he's won the championship, but when it comes to the WWE champion chip, the only person that has is the rock who is half Samoan. They haven't pulled the trigger on that. Um, There just seems like there, there would be like, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that they're forced to, I I think they forced themselves into this. Uh, But if they don't, there's going to be a lot of backlash from from me, from you, and from, obviously, a lot of online fans, rightfully so, a lot of African-American fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would think that that's going to be the general reaction in general, uh, or the reaction in general is just people are going to be like,
1: really? It just seems like they... It's, you know, and I know that Booker T had a little bit of heat because he was talking about stuff in an interview on his radio show. And the first thing he was talking about was the whole Triple H thing and him and how that would have affected his career differently, but he tries not to talk about that. And that when it comes down to him, you know, Booker T seems like a very, very forgiving person, if you will, and certain, you know, like he understood that was business. But at the same time, a lot of us fans thought that whole thing was fucked up. Even the stuff with Triple H, whether that be Triple H or the person writing for him, you know, even though they're, what they said they were trying to come off with it being about WCW wrestlers and him not being worthy enough, it very much came off very racial, uh, I I think, to many uh, with Booker T. And he tries to downgrade that. But he went on his show and he was talking about that and that he has so much hope for Kofi and that he wants him to be it and that it is important. But he also said that you know, and this is what he got heat for. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with it, uh, that there was not a lot of top African-American wrestlers at the times where they could have been championed that a lot of those times, the people that were like him, Ron, Bobby Lashley for the ECW world heavyweight title, Mark for both the ECW and the world heavyweight title, um, that that's the opening that there was there, that there's not as in much basically in retrospect to Caucasian wrestlers, um, Asian wrestlers and maybe like say Samoan wrestlers. That's just how professional wrestling is. Now I think I I I get what he was saying and like I said I don't 100% agree with it. I don't. A lot of people are trying to say like he he made a statement like try to count you know to yourself 20 African American wrestlers that were top guys that had the position to be able to be in that. Now that's a full statement, but what most people just chalk that up to is try to count 20 African American wrestlers, which is not what he said. But still, they're basically they've gotten themselves on the hot seat, Chris. And um, this is something that if they don't fucking do this, this is going to make them look incredibly bad. So I guess you know addressing the issues of themselves um, and making our you know forming our opinion. I also kind of want to make at ease any of our listeners that really are thinking that they're going to do this. There's no way in hell Vince Vince would do this at all, and just get us all hyped up. Keep on giving all these little things, potentially get Kofi, if they're going to go for him, to Mania and then have him lose against Daniel Bryan, or even worse, not go to Mania at all uh, to go against Daniel Bryan. I think Chris might have done what I did. I'm not 100% sure, guys. Uh, buddy, if you're talking, you're muted. Uh, see what's going on oh shoot what is going on with this chris Uh uh-oh you hear me yeah i can hear you i don't know what happened Well, i mean all sorts of technical difficulties yeah i
0: think i got muted on the board i i my call got dropped and i called back in so apologies blog talk uh dumped me uh yeah no i i totally agree with you i think if uh if they go that, they know that if they go down that road, it's it's not a good look, especially for for Mania and what they were trying to do. I, I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have just broke the New Day up at Fastlane, honestly, and had you know the New Day jump him, and then that just turns into a feud between the New Day, and then they could have pulled the trigger on that. But for for what it looks like, I mean, even if you take um, Kofi being African American out of the equation, he just has so much steam behind him at this point that yep. like it would be hard not to pull the trigger on any wrestler uh, headed into this match just because the fans are so behind them. Now, it helped, I mean, it, it, obviously with it being Kofi, it makes it a bigger deal just because Kofi's been there for 10 years, but you could you could easily – I don't want to say easily, but you could definitely say like if you book someone in a very similar manner who had been there for a long time and never reached that top echelon, I think that you, you could look at it like that as well, you know. But, yeah, I, I agree. I don't see them at all um, – not pulling the trigger on this one at Mania. I think they would probably give the title to Charlotte before Kofi is going to lose this match. Like I just don't see it happening. I think they might play with our emotions a little bit, and we get like, <laughs> and they are the the false the false ending of a match, right? Like so, like Daniel Bryan like cheats for some somehow, and then the match gets reset, or we get some kind of weird shit like that. Like I could see that happening at Mania just to fuck with us, but. <laughs> I do think Kofi is probably going to end up walking out with the title um, at Mania. And I I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. And it's easy enough for them just to take it back off in a couple, like two or three months with the way they hotshot the title.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah, but
0: I mean right now I mean they they don't have a baby face as big as Kofi Kingston anyways. And like I said, I think if if Mustafa Ali had the same amount of momentum going into this, obviously the storyline that would have be been him. different, but it it would have been it'd be really hard to go that okay, well this guy doesn't deserve you know the heavyweight title. Like it, Daniel Bryan doesn't need it. I mean he 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 can get it back. Like I said, it's not it's not like that. I mean the title means something, but it doesn't mean what it used to mean. And it gets, it's been hot shotted so many times at this point, anyways. It doesn't fucking matter. It's, you, they can make a great WrestleMania moment with Kofi. I think they see that. And I don't, I don't see them going away from that at all. And as far as the other stuff around this, I haven't really paid too much attention to it. I just kind of in my gut have felt like, just from a booking standpoint and knowing how that mania crowd's going to be and how over New Day has been for years, it's, specifically with the Mania crowd, even going back to the Super Saiyan shit that they did, I don't know that it would be a good idea not to do that, even if Kofi was champion, had been champion previously. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. with, the, with the way they built it, it's it's kind of like all or nothing, especially now that Vince McMahon, I mean, with Vince McMahon kind of coming out of retirement to have this feud with Kofi, like to be this on-screen character again, directly screwing over Kofi. Um, would point that he plans on Kofi at the end of the day getting the title. Like that, I mean, it could be a night where we see both Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins lose, but Kofi win. I, I see that being more feasible than Kofi not winning. So, I completely agree with you. I think it would be crazy. With I, I think it would be crazy if Becky lost, but I, I, I think it's. It, it, it's like I said, you have so many of these moments. If you can give the crowd one or two, I, I think they'll probably get over it a little bit.
1: Mania is shaping up good. And, um, yeah, I just I, – I agree with you and, you know, kind of keep people at ease if you're worried about it. Hopefully we kind of – I don't know. I understand. I just think that when people that are bitching out Daniel Bryan right now and just, you know, raising your fists, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do because he's playing a character. And at the end of the day, this is a, you know, television show. This is an episodic television show. And they're telling a story and they're trying to get us there. Now, if they end up not doing that, then, then I think anyone has a right to be pissed off uh, 100% uh, for whatever reason. But, yeah, Kofi is the last of a dying breed of baby faces that don't have a dark edge to them. They don't have to, you know, and he's probably the most over one out of any of them, you know. I mean, look at the landscape. Johnny Gargano's kind of heelish. know, O'Brien became a full heel. Uh, you have Ricochet coming up. You have Masafali Ali coming up. There are certain other ones that definitely have that style quality of your Rey Mysterio, Ricky Steamboat style babyface that doesn't really exist in today's modern wrestling, but Kofi's the biggest he's on fire. I love that Booker T called him his own personal heir apparent to himself. I, I I don't think he was trying to say it egotistical, just there's a lot of similarities there. And, um, I'm, I'm pulling for Kofi, man. I I agree with you. I think there's a better chance that he's going to win this. And the other two aren't out of those three main event matches. But, um, yeah, we, we, we got through on SmackDown, um, you know, there is a big announcement about the certain matches on the card. Guys, I, we kind of talked about it, but we'll talk more once we get more of a full card uh, in front of us, our predictions. So I'm not going to go over the couple that they announced. You know, obviously we know Kurt Angle is going against Baron Corbin, or do we? Maybe it'll be John Cena. Um, and there's a lot of other ones that are up in the air. But uh, yeah, let's, um, speaking about going over cards, uh, Chris, did you want to go over anything with uh, the New Japan? Uh, you know, event? you have anything to say about it um, before I go on to this um, the Ring of Honor uh, confirmed matches?
0: Yeah, I just... Ishii's been an absolute monster in the tournament. Um, I'm looking forward to... It. You know, Cabana versus Yano is going to be pretty, pretty. I haven't got to watch it yet, unfortunately, but it's supposed to be pretty damn good or pretty funny as far as like a comedy Clash of Clowns match. Um, and then I'd like Minoru Suzuki and Sonata, I think, probably have had the match of the, from what I've seen of the highlights, was. Which kinda of, is, is kinda of leading me to believe that probably end up being the best match uh, of of the cup, but I haven't haven't had a chance to watch everything of the of the New Japan Cup this year, which is it was a little unfortunate. Um, there is five rounds, so there's there's a lot to keep up with, but there's been some good matches. Um, surprisingly to me, I think Sonata has been kinda of one of the standouts,
1: him and him and Ishii. Uh, didn't and correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I'm hoping that you know this information. Isn't Ishii out of it? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is now,
0: but like, to me, is they that, were too. Is ridiculous. that crazy?
1: Like, wouldn't you assume like he'd probably one of the guys pegged to win? Or are they trying to throw off the scent?
0: I, it's kind of a weird thing right now with the New Japan Cup. I, I, that, like we've talked about in the past, I don't know where they're going. With their uh, with their roster right now, Um, let's see it. Let me pull up a card, the card real quick, and we can take a look and see who's left because they're in rounds. It's night nine tonight, and you have Okada versus uh, Will Osprey, if I'm not mistaken, um, is happening. Well, I guess it's already it's happening tonight at 3 a.m. So you have. uh, I mean, that's that would be the big one for tonight, but you have. Quarterfinal. You have, you have Ishii versus uh no Ishi is still in. And he's going against Yoshihashi tonight. Uh, you have okay. Okada versus Will Osprey, and uh, it looks like from this those were quarterfinal matches. Okada and spoiler alerts for anyone who is planning on watching this. Um, Okada and Ishii are moving forward, so that's that's where it's at currently. <laughs> for the ninth night, which if it's the quarterfinal, they would both be moving into separate semifinals, so I'm not i I'm not sure where that whole thing stands. Like I said, I've been trying to watch highlights of it uh, as we went along, but it's night nine and I think I'm on like night two or night three, so um trying my best to keep up with it. It is just a lot of New Japan and they do it so quickly. I mean they're two, you know, two to three days apart um on top of WrestleMania season, so it's not been hey. the easiest thing to <laughs>
1: I I completely understand, man. I mean, that's the thing. I love New Japan, but a lot of it is tournament based. And it's like, if you get off a couple episodes or a couple matches, you're behind on it. And I'm someone who doesn't like to keep on going unless I catch everything, even, you know, and just like the G1, I had to like, when I would go back and watch the other matches, it would be like what people said were the best matches on thing, but it's, it's a lot sometimes, but uh, either way, we're getting to a point that soon, the night before WrestleMania, we have the wonderful, uh, what, what is it called? The G1 Classic, I believe, or the Supercard um, at Madison Square Garden. G1 Supercard, that's what it's called. And uh, we we know certain matches. There's going to probably be more than this, um, I'm hoping, because they're leaving a lot of people out, if not, because, all right, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight confirmed. One being a rumble, the honor rumble. Um, so there's got to be a little bit more. I'm, I'm assuming the show's probably going to deck out about three hours. Um, the big question is, before we go over the matches, Chris, do you think that they're really going to go, like, is this going to have a lot of stakes to this, where you could see a lot of title changes between, I mean, we got the Ring of Honor championship on the line, we got the IWGP now, granted, Taji Ichimori is going against two guys from CMLL. or oh, actually, no. One of them's a Ring of Honor guy. One of them's obviously a, primarily a CML guy. Um, you got the Never Openweight Champion. You got the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Uh, both the Ring of Honor and the IWGP Tag Team Championships are on the line together. That's a lot of championships. The Television Championship. You know, pretty much all the big champions between both companies are there going to be a lot of title changes or this going to be more spectacle than anything, you know, involving uh championship changes for a lot of the majority of the matches.
0: I, I think some of it will be spectacle, but I do think you, there's definitely a chance that the ring of honor title might change hands. Um, I, I think that's very plausible with the way they've recently been uh, book, booking that. With uh, Matt Taven and, and Jay Lethal, and now kind of Will you know, not Will Osprey, uh, Marty Scroll kind of showing up in the picture, and it's a ladder match, so I think you, you could easily get a title change there. Um, the New Japan titles—they're just to me—they're so up in the air right now with the, with the major roster shifts that they just had that I don't see a lot of changes there, but I, de- I definitely think you could see some ring Honor title changes for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's start off with this. Like I said, one of the matches confirmed is an honor rumble. So I'm assuming that's some type of battle Royal, not much to say about that. So I'll just move on. Uh, we got Roosh versus Dalton castle guys. If you don't know about Roosh, I would definitely, you know, you can pronounce it rush. If you will, like Leo rush, spelled out that way, check out some of the CMLL uh, matches. The guy is fire in the ring. He's incredible and he is uh, probably the only other guy besides Okada and Omega that gives Dave Metzler a wrestling boner. Um, I think that Rush would be much more loved by Dave Metzler if he wrestled primarily in Japan. Then that might put him up a notch and give him an extra star rating, but um, I'm just kidding. He does like him a lot, though. Um, but, yeah, he's going against Dalton Castle, which I love Dalton Castle. He's just like it seems kind of like a weird pairing of stars. Uh, do you agree with me on that, Chris? It is a bit weird, but I think they can get a good match out of each other. So
0: I look forward to the actual match. I, I there's just the, I didn't see any of the build up for their match if there has been any. But I mean, for me, either. there's two guys together. I think it'll just be. A, I think they can have a really good match together. I, I don't think that's. Uh, and you know, at least with Dalton Castle, he's kind of got. He's he's going to be over with a Ring of Honor crowd anyways. So, you know, with the CML guy coming in, I think it'll be a good good match. And, I mean, it's pretty much the opening
1: match anyway. So, outside of that, you know, battle royal. Yeah. The next one I'm very intrigued by, and I have a good idea of who could be the person Bully Ray could be going against. But they have a New York street fight. It's Bully Ray versus To Be Announced. Um, Who do you think that might be, Chris?
0: I mean, my guess would be Tommy Dreamer just <laughs> seems like the uh the obvious answer but i mean i, I guess if i had to, if i
1: had to guess i, I would say probably tommy draper now i'm not going to go with tommy not because he's you know working with impact as one of their main guys cuz i don't think that would really necessarily stop him from making a stop at this i think it's actually going to be minoru suzuki to keep the the new japan versus you know uh ring of honor concept somewhat there and I just think the idea of Bully Ray and Minoru Suzuki beating the living shit out of each other would be really fucking fun to watch in a New York Street fight. Yeah, I think that would
0: be, that would be fucking awesome. I'd be totally down to see that. It's just the, that it, it is a New York Street fight, and, like, it's, it's Bully Ray. I just, for whatever reason, I just automatically assume it's Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> but Minoru I, to I see, get it. I would prefer I to see that match.
1: I would prefer to see the match you're talking about. All right. So this is one where there will be a title change technically because it's championship versus championship. Never open weight champion. Will Ospreay is going against ring of honor television champion, Jeff Cobb. I feel like Jeff Cobb is going to get both these titles and they're going to push well more in the main title picture in the IWGP heavyweight division. Um, what do you see happening with this? I love this concept.
0: I, I, You know, I didn't realize this was champion versus champion when you asked me that question earlier. But, um, yeah, I think that would make sense because I would assume that you're going to, if you're pushing Will Ospreay heavy, if he's going to win the G1 again, then you don't necessarily want that title on him. So yeah, that would make sense, especially if you're going to have uh, Cobb more involved with New Japan.
1: Yeah, and I think Cobb is, has tried to take that title off of um, – uh, Hiroki Goto before in the past, but he ended up losing. So this would be kind of cool seeing him with both those awesome, not necessarily secondary titles of both companies, but basically secondary titles in not a negative way, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, then we have a triple threat ladder match for the Ring of Honor championship, uh, Jay Lethal, Marty Skrull, Matt Taven. I'm going to be honest with you, besides teaming up with Mike Kanellis and Adam Cole, I think, in the kingdom or whatever. I don't know a lot about Matt Taven. I'm hoping that either, A, Jay Lethal retains, or they pull the trigger on Marty Skrull and give him the Ring of Honor Championship finally.
0: I I think they're going to pull the trigger probably on Marty Skrull, but I will say Jay Lethal and Taven just had a a pretty, pretty good final in the draw match at one of the last Ring of Honor. I guess it was their last... Pay-per-view event or their last big event And it it, it was actually a really Really good match and before that I wasn't I I didn't know I I probably Had about the same knowledge of Taven as You did but they did have like a really great match So if you guys get a chance go check that out It kind of builds into the feud He showed up with a fake title belt and Like the storyline behind it with him and lethal has been pretty good which Kind of leads me to believe that this is the perfect time For Skull to kind of be the villain and sneak in And get the title in this ladder match
1: yeah, so apparently, from what I know, Marty was supposed to go against whoever won that match, but since they had time a drawer, now it's a three-way between all three of them, which is a very cool concept, and they don't do a lot of draws in wrestling besides, obviously. Well, New Japan does, but um should be interesting. Like I said, if Marty gets that championship, um, I think that would be pretty awesome. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Champion, Taji... Uh, Taji Ishimori, who just recently beat uh, Juice and Thunder Liger, uh, is going against Dragon Lee and Bandito. Uh, all these guys are fantastic, ridiculously lightning quick. Um, the only. I can't see. I know Dragon Lee is from CMLL, and he kind of scares me still because of what happened, obviously, with. Uh, um, uh, man, I can't. Hir- Hiromu. Um, but I can't really hold that against him. That was something that just happened, obviously, in a wrestling match. But either way, I feel like Ishimori is going to retain this because I don't know if they're going to put the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on Bandito, who is a Ring of Honor wrestler, and then Dragon Lee, who's a CMLL, maybe on Dragon Lee because he has a lot more interaction with New Japan, but... I feel like they would probably just keep this on Ishimori.
0: Yeah, I think it would be weird for them to swap the title. If they were gonna do it, I think they probably would have given it to Liger and let him add a little bit of a run with it to break that uh to get the twelfth reign. But yeah, I assume that he's probably gonna be keeping it for for a little bit.
1: Yep. And then we got the uh tag, uh well both the IWGP and the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships on the line. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tonga Lo, the uh, IWGP uh, World Tag Team Champions, are going against Villain Enterprises, which is PCO and Brody King, who are the Ring of Honor champions. Um, and the Young Bucks are not on this. Wait, what? Are you kidding me? They don't have an option to win these <laughs> titles? Oh, uh, that's right. They got the AAA titles, and they're not doing that anymore. Um, either way, Cool match. Uh very weird pairings with PCO and Birdie King going against Tomatonga and Tongalo. Uh but who will end up leaving this with both championships? I feel like Gorillas a Destiny.
0: Either Gorillas a Destiny or some kind of fuck finish. I'm thinking probably a fuck
1: finish. And no why are the Brisco- why aren't the Briscoes in this match, man? Why don't they do doing- it? I would actually prefer it to be a three way with Briscoes being on board. I'm assuming that the Briscoes will be part of the fuck finish for this match. Either that or they'll do a time limit draw. All right, so the last one uh, that we know is listed as a match on there, like I said, there's probably going to be more added to this. Uh, As of right now, these are the amount. We know that Jay White is going against to be determined on whoever wins the New Japan Cup. Now, we just talked a little bit about that previously before this, this is for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Chris, is Okada going to beat Jay White at uh, this show and, and and get the IWGP Heavyweight Championship back around his waist after winning the New Japan Cup? That's just a speculation, by the way.
0: I don't think so, but it'd be fucking awesome. So, maybe. Tentative maybe. Because I don't know that he's going to win the bum, Cup, bum, to be honest. It, bum,
1: it would make bum, sense, but... Well, if I know that even though I really think that he's up and coming, if Sonata ends up winning it, um, I don't think he's going to beat Jay White for the for the championship. But it'll probably be a damn good match. Um, I just if they're going to hot shot it like that with a heel losing with Jay White, who just won it from Tanahashi, who just beat it from Kenny, I think Okada's the right way to go since he'll probably make it that much more prestigious again, um, at least to me. And that's someone Okada's got to be on here somewhere. There's certain wrestlers from both the Ring of Honor and New Japan. Uh, you know, Ishii is another one. Um, or um uh whatchamacallit? Um Kodobushi. You know, certain certain people on here I feel like are gonna end up on this in some type of match. We'll have to wait, but this is looking to be a hell of a card. I'm really excited about finding out the matches for NXT building up, this I know Impact's having their thing with MLW. Uh, and then also WrestleMania by itself also looks pretty damn impressive. Chris, we're a couple weeks out, but we're close. Are you getting excited more and more about WrestleMania weekend in New York and New Jersey um, for all the New Jersey guys that are still pissed off about the fact that they're not saying that WrestleMania is actually in New Jersey. But So, you know, shit happens.
0: Yeah, it's in the Meadowlands. So... <laughs> um. I can see that. I can see people being pissed off about that for sure. It's it's literally in Jersey. It's not – well, the the Ring of Honor stuff is in New York, but <laughs> WrestleMania is Dave LaGreca, in
1: fucking Jersey. Dave LaGreca, <laughs> who is from New Jersey, ha- almost had a stroke on uh, – I forgot the name of their podcast, but Bully Ray was making him so angry because he's from New York, and he's like – Jersey is, is, is nothing. He's like, it's 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 a piece of shit. And I guess Corey Graves pissed off Dave uh, because of him not, you know, saying that basically WrestleMania was in Jersey. And so Corey called in, and you would think that he would apologize, and he goes, no, I'm not apologizing for anything. Have you ever been to New Jersey? It is a terrible place. It's known for having a TJF Friday's. We're not gonna announce that. Like it was so funny. It was it was a good stick. Um, but anyways, yeah, Dave Dave Lagreca, who is a Jersey native, was not happy with the fact that they weren't citing the fact that I mean, technically WrestleMania, the arena, the arena itself is in New Jersey. So yeah, I can I see what he's To mean. be fair,
0: the arena is there, and both the New York Giants and the New York Jets play there, and they don't call them, you know, the New Jersey Giants or New Jersey Jets. So that's. It's New York. It's just considered New York. The stadium is considered yeah, part because, of New York. Yeah,
1: because subliterary. Because Jersey, <laughs> Jersey is literally like the taint of of the U.S. You know, I mean, what are, oh, what are you going to do? I I lived in Jersey and, for two years,
0: and it was amazing. So I'm not I'm not on the same I hate Jersey train
1: as everyone else. <laughs> well, that makes sense. since you said you lived there for a little while, you know. Uh, I'm just kidding. I have nothing against New Jersey at all. Um but uh yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to find any like last little things to talk about before we um cut out. I I think that's pretty much it. Do you have anything while I'm looking through the news items that I did we didn't talk about at all, Chris?
0: Not really, man. It's been a busy week for me, um, outside of Raw and SmackDown and the little bit of New Japan I watched that we talked about. Uh I haven't had a I haven't
1: had a whole lot that I can think of right off the top of my head, they came up. All right, well, here's actually one more, more, more thing before we air off, is we talked about The Undertaker earlier. Now, this is nothing, obviously. This is like, you know, me and you were talking about that advertisement that was in Canada for the the, the Star Shake-Up the next week. Everything's subject to change, even like with Finn Balor being the demon on posters, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see Finn Balor there. I get that. But there are WrestleMania 35 trucks that have The Undertaker on them. Is that... More of an indication that they're hiding stuff, and that the Undertaker will be a part of this event. In your opinion, Chris? No,
0: <laughs> but yes, kind of. I don't know. It's Undertaker. It's so weird. I mean, it's it's hard to think about WrestleMania without him. I just assume that they would find a, a unique, cool way to utilize Taker that doesn't necessarily have to be in a wrestling role. Um, but I mean. I don't know, man. It's, it's been two weeks and he hasn't showed. He's, well, there's only two weeks left and he hasn't showed. They don't have any way to build a feud. It's all signs are pointing towards Cena versus uh, Angle. They wouldn't have, you know, a match for him to do unless he's randomly. I don't know unless they're going to cruise Bray Wyatt out or something in the next two weeks. But yeah, I, I just don't don't see it. I just don't see a match
1: for him really. Yeah, I agree. Unless they're going to do Finn Demon or Alistair or Bray or, or some other supernatural presence or another match with him and Roman, which is obviously not happening. I can't see it either. But, and, you know, maybe things will change either way. And that's the bottom line.
0: Just don't go
1: Guys, Guys and, and uh, gals, I should
0: if, say. What What if they, what uh, what if they just painted? What if they just painted those trucks like six months ago, thinking Taker was going to be there?
1: That's a good. There's a good chance about that. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh.
1: But either way, great show tonight, guys. Kind of a shorter show, more chill. But I actually liked uh, this way that we went about it. We got a lot more stuff coming up in the next three weeks. You know, two weeks leading up to Mania. We're going to keep you up to date with everything that's going on. And then after that, like I said, there will be two days that we'll have, probably Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday, where we'll go over one day all the stuff outside of WWE's WrestleMania on SmackDown and the other one with WrestleMania on SmackDown. So we'll do MLW Impact. We'll do uh, the New Japan Ring of Honor show. We'll do NXT on one show, switch it over the next time, um obviously outside of Chris I'm going to try to get Alec back I'm going to try to get um uh Jack back some of the other guys you know Jeffrey maybe to call in Jeffrey's actually going to be at the event itself uh going to all those events So he'll be there live along with my one of my best friends Michael Hoyt so maybe we'll have him on there but we'll have a great show for you we're going to show or talk about a lot of stuff and give you guys a lot of content related to WrestleMania so look out for that if you are new I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, We do it every Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST. Sometimes we change it up like we did tonight, but normally it's 7 p.m. EST. Uh, Definitely check out our website. It's GVNation.com, as in Geek Vibes Nation. GVNation.com on there. All of our news, including uh, all of our wrestling stuff, by our amazing writer, Alec. And uh, just check it out. It has links to our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook page. Join the conversation. Message us. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Uh, Chris is always, you know, on on social platforms. I'm not on Twitter, but I am on Facebook, so hit me up if you have questions. I enjoy interacting with you guys. Um, And uh, it also has all of our stuff for Blog Talk on there, as well as iTunes and Stitcher and other audio formats. So check that out. Let us know what you think. Become part of Geek Vibes Nation. I had a wonderful time talking with you guys tonight, and I'm sure my wonderful co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, did as well. Chris, say goodbye to the beautiful people out there. Goodbye. Everyone have a wonderful week, and uh, try to stay out of trouble this weekend. The beautiful people, the beautiful people. Either way, you guys have a wonderful evening, and let the Geek Vibes be with you. Peace out. Listen up, Slap Nuts. This is the king of the mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance.